Well, we're going to officially say the summer has started, even though we all know in the depths of our soul that it could snow this week, right? It could happen. Uh, but as summer starts, uh, for us, uh, what that means is we're going to start a couple, well, a whole series of two-week series. They're just mini-series. Um, in some cases, they're just going to be attached together by a section of scripture or uh, some content. It doesn't matter. You could come to either service. You'll understand what's going on. No big deal. One of them, um, the two services are so intertwined, we're not even going to release them onto the internet until we can put them both together because you can't listen to one without the other without ending up with serious mistakes. So uh, that's, that's what we're started. And this morning, we're starting one that's loosely connected. It's the same section of scripture, same idea. But if you're here today, you, um, you should get an understanding of what's, what's in the scripture that could help you. And next week, it'll be the same thing. Uh, this year, we've kind of been talking about a lot of different um, places that take us to the same idea. How do I live in a way that honors God? It's not, it's not just something that we believe. This is something that's supposed to show up in the way we live. It's supposed to be seen in our lives and how we act and all that sort of thing. And, and, and across that, as we've been talking about that, I kind of left something out. I didn't, I didn't really do it on purpose. The, it, got, it got left out because I'm, I'm good at one thing. Like, I can talk about one thing. If you ask me to talk about a whole bunch of things, I'm going to get confused. I'm not that smart. I can't communicate it. So I try to get one thing. I try to make sure I explain that one thing, and it's out there. And in the process, um, some stuff gets left out. And this, this morning and, and next week is going to be another layer to this. Like if you have this desire to honor God and you want to be salt, you want to be light, you, you want to be uh, in the darkness and seen in a different way, you, you want to be that thing that preserves and has value in God's kingdom by the way you choose to live, this is going to help that because here's what seems to happen. Have you ever wondered why? You... You decide, I'm going to live in a way that honors God, and you set your feet towards God, and you march off in that direction. You're going to honor God with everything that you have, and two weeks later, you're back in the same place that you started. I'm going to honor God with the way I use my finances. I, 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 he's asked me to do some things, and so I'm going to do it differently and so you go, and two weeks later, you're doing the same things. I'm going to honor God with the way I, well, I speak, the stuff I was going to say to this person. I'm not going to do that anymore. And there it is, all over again, coming out of your mouth in ways that you wouldn't have wanted. I'm not going to have this attitude. I'm not going to have these thoughts. And you want to honor God, and so you press off in that direction, you point your feet in the right place. And before you know it, you're still dealing with all of that stuff. You, the, the motive was good. You had this desire to honor God. You wanted to live in a way that mattered. But you were missing something else along the way. In the book of Ephesians, Paul's talking to a group of Romans. These are Roman citizens. And he's talking to them about how to live their lives in a way that's Christian. 
Now this, this would have been odd for these people. They were Romans, and there was a Roman way to live. It was the right way to live. It was the only way to live. I don't know if you know this or not, but the first Christians to be persecuted were not persecuted for what they believed. Rome didn't care. It's why there were gods for everything. You can believe anything you want as long as you live the Roman way. But Paul was trying to convince people not to live the Roman way. You can't honor God and live like the Romans do. And so these Christians, they would go and they would meet at night when the slaves were free. It was the only time they could do that. Romans didn't do that. They would sit with free people and slaves and wealthy people all in the same space. And that's what started the persecution. He said, listen, I want you to live a different kind of life. It's the same for us. God's looking at you and saying, listen, in, in your culture, if you want to honor me, you're going to have to walk my way first and not the way that your culture wants you. In, in Ephesians, Paul used the word five times. He said, I want you to walk. I want you to put your feet in this direction and I want you to walk this way. And if you'll do that, you're going to end up honoring me. A couple years ago, we went and we talked about that. Talked about the five pictures that Paul used to help them understand what it meant to look like to be a follower of Jesus. And he said, walk this way. Don't walk like the Romans walk. I want you to walk this way. And five different times, he uses that word. But in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, Paul says this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Finally, it's the cherry on top. He says, listen, I've told you all of this other stuff, but if, you, if you're going to do this, if you're going to walk in a way that honors me, you need this last piece. You need my strength and you need power. And some people might go, why in the world do I need that? Well, there's a couple reasons that this comes up. Um, We just did the song at the top, Sean Hernandez's song called In My Blood. And he was talking about this thing that we go through when we do give up. Like you you struggle, you wrestle with it. Should I give up? Should I give up? And he, he claimed in his song that the reason he chooses not to give up is because there's something in his blood that compels him. And maybe some of you... Um, are sitting there thinking, yeah, that's a lot like me. I'm a pretty stubborn person. And uh, I was called that again this weekend. I have no idea where this comes from, right? Stubborn, what are you talking about? And then I'm like, hey, is that a compliment? Because that's the way I see it. And generally, stubborn comes up when you've got a, a not so great habit that you won't, you won't back down from. And that's just kind of the way you are, right? I have that. But if you were to look at your faith journey, like I've looked at mine. And there are moments when I set my feet towards God and I want to honor him, and it doesn't take me long to give up on that commitment. I I would submit that giving up is in our nature. It's kind of what we do. We we press off. We want to honor God. That motive is good. It's great. It's in there. But it doesn't take us far enough, and we're needing something else. 
And so Paul says, listen, I need you to tie into this. If finally, this last thing, if you can get this, things are going to go your way. Things are going to be a little bit better off for you. Now, here's, here's what's difficult about this. Um, there's a story being told by Christians about Christians. And it kind of goes like this. If you decide to follow Jesus, your life will be better. Now, depending on what we're talking about, I'm all in. I mean, if you're talking about, um, I'm trapped by my attitudes and habits, and until God comes and gives me some freedom so that I can actually choose not to live that way, I'm trapped, and so my life is better with God. I'm, I'm with you. If it's like, my life is better because I'm connected to this person who loves me deeply, passionately, I would agree, your life is better. He cares for you, understands you, knows you. All of that's, that's better. But, but the reason people are saying this story of better, it's, it's tied to other things. They're saying your life will be better and God will give you more money. He'll give you more stuff. There's no indication that he ever made that kind of promise. Well, the problems that I run into, he'll just wipe them away and I won't have problems anymore. Nope. No, there's no suggestion of that. Struggles that I deal with, what about health stuff? Just wave the Jesus wand, right? And I'm no, I no longer have to deal with this illness. No. No, the people that we love still pass away. Situations are difficult and hard. And here's the, here's the thing. Um, Paul looks at this and says, what you need in this process is strength and power. And if you're not prepared for what's ahead, if you're convinced that what's ahead is a better, easy life, instead of a better, more meaningful life, you're going to have a difficult time. You're going to have a difficult time seeing through this motivation that you have to honor me. Because, because um, we're about to read a section of scripture that's going to become obvious. It's going to become obvious that better doesn't mean easier. In fact, in the next verse, Paul starts to paint a picture He's gonna pluck it right out of the Roman culture. He's talking to Romans who are living in a Roman city. This would have, they would have seen this everywhere. They would have understood this completely. <clears throat> in verse 11, he says, put on the full armor of God, which sounds pretty sweet, right? Until you think, armor, why do I need armor, right? I thought my life was gonna be better. I thought my life was gonna be easier. Why do I need to armor up? Well, he goes on to explain why. He says, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Perfect word, schemes. One of the reasons when you decide, I'm going I'm to set my feet towards God and I'm going to go in this direction, I'm going to honor him with the way that I choose to live. One of the reasons that doesn't happen for you is God's enemies use a scheme 
You, you make a choice to follow after God and a target gets painted on your back. Like, you, you don't see it coming. It's subtle. It's not in your face. It, it's, it's a thought that you have that you think, that's harmless. That's no big deal. It's a compromise you make that's just small. It's, it's just a small compromise. It's just an attitude that you think when you're having it, I kind of deserve this. I mean, if they hadn't said, if they hadn't done it, I, I'm right in having this. In fact, these subtle things that take place in our lives, when they happen, you're going to feel like it's reasonable and it just makes sense for you to believe that, for you to take that in. And what you don't understand, that it's a subtle attack. It's an attack against you that's meant to undermine and harm you. And so Paul says, listen, you better be ready. You better be ready when you set off to honor me and you better armor up. In fact, in verse 13, he repeats this again. He says, therefore, put on the whole armor of God so that when, when, not if, this is going to happen to you, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, it goes on to say, stand firm then. Um, Paul's, about to, Paul's about to do some things here. He's about to take us into a picture of armor, but before he does, he makes it really clear what God wants. One, he, he wants you to put it on. We have some responsibility here. We get to make choices about what we're gonna do about this. Then he says, I want you to stand and be resolved to stand, which seems a little like, wait, you were just talking to us about walking. Can I say sometimes, I think, um, as followers of Jesus, you get into a place where you're facing a really difficult moment. And what God's expectation for you is that you would stand through that. That, that you would take whatever's coming your way and, and the, just stand. Just take it and be okay. And, and we feel like because we're not moving, we're a failure and we give up. And we walk away. And standing would have been fantastic against the difficulty that you were facing if you would have just stood. It would have been amazing, incredible. Paul says, listen, if you'll, if you'll stand with some resolve in the face of what God's enemies intend to do in your life, this could be an incredible thing. And he starts unfolding a picture of the kinds of armor that we would put on. And he actually breaks it into two sections. The first three pieces of armor were um, pieces that would have been issued to every Roman soldier. Didn't matter what job you had, where you went, what you did, you got all three of these. The other three pieces were only issued for very specific things. So this morning, we're gonna look at just the first three. We're looking at ones that were given to everybody. Didn't matter what their role was. They would, have, they would have been given these to serve in the Roman army. And because they're in a Roman city, they would have seen everybody walking around with these. 
This would have been very common. So starting in verse 14, um, he says this. He says, stand firm then, if you've done everything that you can to stand, stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Um, I, I went and got some pictures. I've got a replica one. Go ahead and put a first one up there. I, I honestly have no idea if anybody would have ever wore a belt like that. I mean, um, maybe somebody who was wealthy would have, but it has the right elements. But let me show you an ancient, an ancient one that they found preserved um, that has the little weapon on the side. And can you see those four little straps there with some metal on them? The metal would have made them even heavier and they would have hung down in front of you. And the reason those were there was to protect you from a cheap shot. You can be a tough Roman soldier all you want, but if somebody gets in a swift kick, it's over, right? You're, you're down on the ground in a fetal position and they're finishing you off and walking on to the next person. And so they had these things there to protect, protect from cheap shots. And Paul says, listen, truth protects you from a cheap shot. If you know what's true, then you can still stand. Here's how this works for us. Remember, these are subtle things that happen. You get into a scheme where something's difficult and you decide to take your stand. And God's enemy comes along and just gives you a little lie. It could be a lie about you. It could be a lie about the situation you're in. It could be a lie about God. He doesn't care for you anymore. Why would you be in this difficult spot if he loved you? Just a small lie, right? See, you, you've gone like this. I've set myself toward God. I'm gonna go in this direction and honor him. And you accept the lie and they don't have to worry about you anymore. It might take a while, but you're just gonna do a circle. You're just, you're just gonna be walking, meandering. And so if they can just land, a li- it, just, it doesn't have to be big, just a small lie, it'd be fine. If the enemy could land some confusion, and right now that's big in our culture. Our culture says, There's no such thing as truth. It's only perspective. Whatever you say is true is true. Whatever you say is true is true. Who cares? Nobody can know what's true. And a follower of Jesus gets in the midst of that and goes, well, I guess I can't know what's true. How can I stand on what's true? You can. You can know what's true. God says, listen, I'm giving you the scriptures. I'm giving you something that you can connect with that you can look at and know what's right and what's wrong. Sometimes the subtle thing that kind of undoes us is we finally figure out what's right and what's wrong. And then somebody goes, that's judgmental. And we're so afraid of being judgmental that we back away from any kind of stand. Do you know it's possible? It's possible to take a stand for what's right without being condemning to somebody. Now, in our, in our culture, there's a lot of Christians who are taking a stand for what's right, and the way they're doing it makes our skin crawl. And so we, some of us have concluded, I can't do that. I can't take stands that are right about right and wrong because of how that's, no, it's possible. In fact, it's necessary. 
Because if you don't know what's right and what's wrong, all of your determination, you've set your feet in the right direction, you've marched off, you want to honor God, your motives are good. But if you don't know what's true, it just takes a little lie, a little confusion, a little fear of being judgmental, and you'll stop going in that direction that you knew would honor God. That says, hey, you want to protect against that? You need to belt the truth. You need to put yourself in the scriptures often. You need to meditate on it. You need to know this so that when you hear a lie, you know a lie. But that, that requires you time in the text. So the first was the belt. The second part of that, verse 14, he says, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. Uh, the, the breastplate was also issued to everybody. It's kind of part of a uniform. Go ahead and put those up. And you can see uh, they were different. It, it appears um, that there was no one size kind of fits all. There were, they weren't all built the same way. We do know that if you had money, you would pay, next slide, for something like this to be built. They kind of had a chain mail underneath there and it was layered and that would protect you even better. And so um, wealthier people had these kind of things, but they would apparently make these out of anything. Go ahead and put the next one up. That's a crocodile skin breastplate, right? Somebody was determined to have something different. Well, um, no matter who you were, as a Roman soldier, you had a breastplate. And you had that because you had to protect your vital organs. You couldn't let somebody just kind of get a stab in there and you're down because one of your vital, you could get your arm hurt or your leg stabbed or something like that. You might be able to keep going, but you lose an organ and you're in trouble. And Paul says, listen, the thing that's equivalent to us, the thing that protects your internal organs is righteousness. It's right living. It's choosing to be a person of integrity based on, I'm going this way because I believe this is what's true. God has told me to go this way. I've listened to, I've listened to what he, his spirit said. I've listened to what I've seen in the text. This is the right thing to do. And so with your integrity intact, you keep moving. But sometimes it's real subtle. It's real subtle. You're moving in that direction. And you start wondering, this is hard. Does anybody even know? Does this matter if I'm going in this direction or not? Maybe it doesn't matter if I'm doing this and I can compromise. Um, maybe you're at school. And you have to have that grade, right? And so you decide, they're just a couple small tests. It's no big deal. I'm just going to cheat on a few and you compromise your integrity to try to get that grade. Or, or you're a business person, and you've thought to yourself, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do this in a way that honors God, but I feel like I'm being taken advantage of. I think I've gotta set this aside and be more ruthless if I'm gonna get where I need to go. And so you set aside the way that God wants you to live so that you can get the job done at work. Maybe it's in the quiet of your home. 
Nobody's around to see the choice that you're making. And you believe this isn't hurting anybody but me and it's not really hurting me. What's the problem? And you compromise your integrity. Remember back in verse 13, he says, if you've done everything you can, stand. This is part of that. When you know what's right, you have to make a choice to have the integrity to stand in there and say, I'm not going to give this up because if I drop my integrity, my heart's exposed and the enemy can get at my heart and the enemy can get at my organs and I will, I'll just back away, I'll be done. Instead of finishing strong, instead of battling forward, to honor God by how I live. You want to know how important integrity is? In Proverbs chapter 10, verse 9, it says this. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. There is security in, in choosing to honor God with integrity. So he says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. Verse 15, he has the third piece that's given to everybody. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Yes, I already took questions this morning. Blair, why are you in sandals? Relax. They were all issued to the Romans. This is uncomfortable doing this up here. Can you imagine this is your footwear for everything? They, the Roman soldiers, when they weren't at war, they were building roads. Can you imagine construction and sandals? A little weird to me. Now, their sandals, um, like this, mine don't have great traction. They're not bad. They've got some stuff on the bottom of them. Um, I, I try to find a really old pair of Roman army sandals. They didn't survive. I could show you pictures, but you wouldn't be able to see it. So I'm going to show you a rendering instead. This is what this would have looked like. They would have had sandals that had spikes coming out the bottom of them so that when they got in mud or grass or any kind of situation, they had a bunch of stability. They could dig in and stand. They had a, they had a firm foundation. Now, some of the writers think that um, this section of Scripture is also referring to the greaves. Go ahead to the next slide. Those are the kind of bronze shin guards and I, I, I don't know, I'm not sure if he was referring to all of it or not, but it all makes sense because he's talking about your foundation. What's your foundation? Because if, you go in, if you're going into a situation and you're required to stand and you've got sandals on, you're going to get pushed around, you're in trouble. But if you had the Roman sandals that had spikes through them and your, your shins were protected, you could stand you could stand and take it. And Paul says, our foundation comes from the gospel of peace. What's that? Well, when a person decides, God, I was, I was wrong. The choices that I made caused your son to be sacrificed. Uh, so I'm going to follow you from now on. I'm, I'm going to go with you, not me. And, and you decide to accept his gift of salvation, that becomes 
a gospel of peace to you because there is now peace between you and God and you know it. And you have a foundation that you can stand on. Can you imagine going into some sort of skirmish with doubt in your mind as to whether you could stand or not? Can you imagine a Roman soldier going, I'm not sure if my footing's gonna survive here. What would you do if you thought you were gonna get pushed around or knocked down because you didn't have good footing? You'd retreat, right? You wouldn't stand there. Um, This is the same kind of stuff that happens in our minds. When, When you're standing against the scheme of the devil, right? Scheme of God's enemies, and you're being told some stuff, if you allow doubt about how good God is, about how much he loves you, about whether this is worth it or not, if that kind of creeps in, you have nothing as a foundation anymore. But if you know, I'm in good standing with God. He loves me. He's with me. Then your option is to stand. You can take it because your foundation is solid. These are the pieces that Paul starts with. And he says, listen, stuff is coming. Your choice is to armor up or not. And the question I would have for you, is there a piece that you've been neglecting? Is, is there something that you've been doing that you've left off to the side? Do you, do you need to put yourself in a place where you're exposed to more truth, reading the scripture, understanding what it is so you're not taken down by a lie? Do you have an integrity problem that you need to go, I want to honor God and so I've got to deal with this? Or is there something a doubt that's been clawing around on the inside of who you are that you need to put to rest today because it's not true. And who God is, you know that. That he loves you, you know that. And yet, you keep battling with the same doubt over and over. Maybe it's time for you to rest with a sense of peace, knowing where you stand with God. Next week, we're gonna talk about the three other pieces that go on, but I hope you'll consider this week. Have I, have I put these on? What do I need to do to be ready to put on God's strength and his power? As you do, I hope you'll take this before God and just say, what am I missing? And let his spirit help you understand, hey, you gotta get this piece right. Because your motives, you're, you're, they're great. But if you don't have this, this finally peace, you might not end up honoring me by the way you live. Let me pray with you. God, I believe there are hearts and minds of people here today who deeply want to honor you. They've had that desire and they've found that sometimes they've rushed off to do that and ended up in the same place. They fell for a scheme. And the worst part of the scheme is after they fell for it, God's enemies came back 
and told them how worthless they were for falling for the scheme. How dumb, how stupid, how valueless they were. That is not how you think about us. God, you want us in the fight. You want us to walk in a way that's different than our culture. But we've got to put some stuff on. So I ask that you would help us to be honest about what we're doing on our part so that we can honor you with the way that we live. God, I ask that your spirit would make the rounds today, that he would chase people out of here, asking them to reconsider or adjust places in their life so that they could stand firm and honor you. We ask for that in Jesus' name. Amen.